as a business owner like yourself, when you broadcast a new you know, product or you roll out a marketing campaign, you're seeing all the highs, which is what social media is, by the way. Everybody only posts their highs. 100%. Pretty much. Obviously, it's not for everybody. Being a startup business owner is not for everybody and not everybody can handle it because it's stressful. There's bad lows. Yeah. Like you've, I remember we had a conversation in the summer where you were like, holy shit, like I'm looking at these expenses I didn't know about. I mean, and you even have said before, there's days where you have no sales. There's days where you have a ton of sales. It's like a casino. It's like going to the casino, I would say. Roll the dice. You, you got to roll the dice. So how do you... How do you deal with the lows? What are some lows that you've hit this year? And how did you man up and be like, damn, I got to power through this? Dude, that's such a good question. Um, honestly, like, I wouldn't say that, obviously COVID, right? This year has been super shitty in many ways. Obviously, not just business, but just in life in general, right? We're all fucking cooped up in a hen, it seems like. But this is the crazy thing, which I think it might be, like, hard for a lot of people to think about but every day as an entrepreneur you feel every single emotion right i'm sure jordy you you probably like you you can have we can have someone that you know puts in an order for a thousand dollars right and then five minutes later we get a customer that is unhappy and then you know we say hey you know we just scheduled this meeting with you know this big company that we've been waiting for and then an hour late, like there's just always things that are on your plate and as an owner you have to deal with it right and i'm not saying that other occupations don't go through that. Um, but when you're the owner, you, you can't push it off to someone else. No. So it, it's it's being comfortable with that kind of stuff. And, and it, you don't just get over it, right? There's no like magical thing like, oh, if I breathe 10 times and hold my breath, like I'm going to feel way better. You know, like you have to just kind of go through it. Um, as shitty as that sounds, I, I think that's why... You know, you hear like the quote, you know, what is it, after five years, like 80% of businesses failed and after whatever the statistics are, I don't really give a shit about them. But, um, dude, it's because you have to deal with all this bullshit. You know what I mean? It, it's not necessarily the their product and how good it's selling. Obviously, that has a big thing to do with it. But I think it's the emotional roller coaster and like understanding how to deal with it. And I think it's just head on right like th there's no running from feeling like shit there's no running from having like anxiety over overthinking something like you just have to deal with it um and then you slowly learn how to you know operate while in those boundaries well and you said that statistic it was what after five years 80 percent of businesses are done well dude like in any industry not even the clothing industry everybody like i feel like 90 percent of whatever industry is going on after a year, people just quit because they can't handle like the hardships, right? Yeah. They just drop out. And so if you keep on going for a year, year and a half, two years, you're automatically in the top 10%. And at that point, you've came too far to just run when, you know, the, the seawater hits your boat <laughs> as, <laughs> as a captain of the ship. You just got it. You got to be able to take it. You got to be able to take sharks coming at you out of the ocean. Like You got to <laughs> figure it out. Grab your net. So... What, uh, what's like the two or three, I feel like you got like two or three lows where you're like, damn, that sucked. But thank God I got through that. Oh, two or three lows. Like um, behind the scenes lows. Yeah. Um, dude, so there's been times where we've been like, dude, looked at my bank account and we're like $3,000 in the hole. Damn. Where it's like, how the 
fuck are we gonna get out of this? Yeah. Um, dude, so that was pretty wild. Um, I imagine that was probably pretty early. Yeah, that Fairly. was, dude. No, that was yeah, probably like s- seven or eight months into it. Um, that was, dude. I, I thought for sure I was like, dude, we're done, we're done. And then, did you call anybody and we're like, dude, I'm quitting? Dude, no, I've never. Honestly, like, I've never had. I don't think I've ever had the thought of quitting, right? Yeah. It was my grandma actually did this. This sounds so cliche. And I, I hate saying these because it's like, okay, yeah, did you just. By the way, cliches are always true. It's yeah. always true. They're always, always true. It is, it is. But it's like, dude, did you just like look that up on the internet and recite it now? But, <laughs> but no, my grandma, she always told me, she's like, don't wish it was easier, wish that you were better, right? And dude, like, I don't, there's just this hustle that she like instilled in me, right? And it's like when we were at that point, it was like, all right that's when I started matching people on Facebook and Instagram. And I was like, damn, this actually kind of works. So I was like, okay, this is even for part sales. Of- was it? Yeah. For okay. sales. Because I was like, all right, we're literally 3000 in the hole. Like, how are we going to get out? Right. Message. Um, that was, that was probably like the hardest thing just because that was the first time where my back was really against the wall. And it was like, all right, this is a real company. I have money. I have things that are actually going to affect me if I don't work harder. Um, and then I would probably say after that, um, just like delays on apparel. And I know that that sounds like really like nitpicking. Like, dude, how is that that bad? But you have to understand. So say for instance, right, we do a pre-order. Um, and so we sell 500 pieces and people are expecting it delivered on a certain day. And then it gets delayed. And then all these people are messaging you like, hey, 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 like where's, where's my stuff at? Um, you know, it was supposed to be here last week. Now people are asking for refunds. Now people this and that. And it's just like, it's so chaotic. And you're just so like engulfed in the moment that it's like, dude, how the fuck is this happening right now? <laughs> and without having been through that, dude, that'd be tough. That would be stressful. And yeah. going back to your marketing campaigns and just tactics overall, you have a lot of competition. The clothing apparel market is simply crowded. It just is. So you need every little thing to kind of be, you know, at least attempted to be controlled by you. So when something like delays happen, which, you know, invokes negative feelings in customers, you're like, shit, like I can't even control that. And it's already making their shopping experience a little shittier. Right. Yeah. So, how do you overcome that? Like, how do you make that something you can control? Because obviously you can expedite shipping, but that costs yeah. money. All right. So honestly, like it's, it's a relationship game, like when it comes to the control of it, because the manufacturers that we're using overseas, they're working with a ton of other companies and not that they don't care about you. But if you don't put in the effort to have a good relationship with them they're, they might put your stuff on hold. They might kind of like push it back. You know, if you're only ordering 100 pieces compared to another company ordering 10,000 pieces, um, that company's going to, that bigger company's going to have priority. So, you know, one of the ways is, like I said, creating that relationship, you know, having those like conversations with them about like, all right, this is what I need. This is like what my customers are expecting. Um, and then also like setting up certain like targets and guidelines. So like one thing that we do is, we're like, hey, if we order $10,000 worth of apparel from you this month, right, can we make sure that it is shipped by this date, this date, this date? Um, so you kind of like create these guidelines and boundaries kind of like a year out. All right. So, like, you know, we'll, we'll order $10,000 a month, $120,000 worth of apparel for the entire year. 
right? So like you set up those types of things so they understand that you're legitimate because there's so many companies out there that may order one time or two times from a company. Um, so if you don't have like that relationship with them, they're not going to prioritize you. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like companies need to make money, right? Yeah. Like you can't guarantee, you can't waste your time with a company that's going to be a flash in the pan and they're trying to sell what, what's some like bullshit product. I don't know what. Globes. Fidget spinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fidget spinners. Yeah. We're going to sign you to a contract and it's going to be worth it because you're going to buy 50 fidget spinners. Yeah. Great. So you need to not only upfront say, okay, over 12 months, first of all, you're going to say, we're buying from you all year. It's 12 right. months. Right. And then you need to back up your word, which puts your back up against the wall all year. So you have to wake up and yeah. be about it because you gave this big manufacturer your word and you can't fuck them over. Yeah. So does that ever stress you out? Is it like, holy shit, did I just overpromise something? Like, am I in over my head? No, honestly not. So originally probably it did. I mean, I, I it's hard for me to think back about at that time because we've been working with them for three years now, our same manufacturer. Um, but I know kind of like what we're going to sell, right? And, and some, it, it is, it's honestly the opposite for us, I think. Um, so there's times where we order and it's like, all right, I wish I would have ordered more, right? Um, just because I know now, like, if I need to push something, I can push it. That's just, like, my mentality. Obviously, it doesn't work that way every single time. Um, but it's, it's never really, for me at this point, like, oh, shoot, we shouldn't have put, you know, that much towards apparel or, you know, we shouldn't have promised that this much. Because I know that if I need to do it, like, I'm, I'm going to sell it. You will do it. And I think, uh, I think being a college football player helped you with, like, the disciplinary mentality, with, yeah. which that requires. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Actually, I didn't even think of this. So obviously you play college football. You had to beat out a lot of players. You were the starter. Let's not act oh, like you're wearing on. good. Okay. Come you're on. the team. You're the school record holder, right? Come on. You got to say it. You got to say it. You got to say it. Bro, this is about business. All right. This is about business. Okay. Okay. Business is business. Business but, is business. So you're the school, you know, leader, <laughs> but you had to beat out a lot of players. Um, transversely. Clothing market's pretty stacked. There's a lot of competitors. You've made it this far. You're three years in. That automatically puts you over what? If you check the stats, probably 80% of startups. You're in the final 20. You're in the big dance. You've earned the rights. Okay, fair How enough. are you going to you know, ensure that you keep poking on the dance floor? You keep dancing with the big guys. And how are you going to get to the 10%, 5%? Because you could, you could disappear. Like you could. Right. right. Dude, you got to... Um the, the biggest thing is always like reaching for I when when I go to like do something, it's like, OK, how can I do something that's like crazy that like I don't even think I can accomplish. Right. And then you accomplish it. And then your perspective on what you're capable of doing, the, the line moves. Right. It's it's further now. Right. OK, I can I can do that. OK, like now how do I one up that? Right. So it's those little things. It's it's reaching out to that individual that you're like, man. I wish I could talk to him in five years. Fuck five years. Let's talk to him now, right? Like, you know, th this company that I wanted to work with, this, you know, I wanted to get in here for retail. Like, just do that now, right? Because we were talking about before this, right? Doors open doors. You never know what that conversation is going to lead to. Maybe, you know, you talk to this, um, you know, retail and they say, you know, we're not interested in you, but this other person might be. And then they give you that contact, right? So it's always, it's just pushing the boundary, right? I think complacency is super easy to stay there because it's like, fuck man like i'm doing everything i'm i'm making seventy thousand a year i'm feeling good dude but that person that's making ten thousand a year dude once they start making seventy they they'd be like fuck dude i can't wait till i make a million and that's what kind of mindset you gotta have 
dude, complacency is it's bad. It's easy too. Like that's right. the common man and woman in America. Not literally, biased. Not biased. Not biased. We're not biased. <laughs> the common person <laughs> will be super content with you know just average, basically mediocrity. Um, and I feel like 2020 was an interesting year for that because it woke a lot of people up and it kind of showed people how much can get taken away from you. Um, Like this virus was completely out of people's control. They were locked in their house and then they were forced to kind of look at themselves in the mirror and be like, okay, I'm alone with my thoughts. I'm alone with my daily actions, habits, you know, mentality. Are you going to shrink and just be like, I'm going to watch Netflix all day. I'm sorry. I don't know what else to do. Like, or are you just gonna, you know, buck up and keep going forward? And I I don't understand why you'd want to go the other way. I don't understand why you just want to sulk and live below what is possible. You know? Right. Dude. And and, sorry, don't don't. go ahead. So I was just going to say like, obviously, right. Coronavirus, shitty virus. Mm -hmm. No one likes it. But this is kind of like what you have to think about. A lot of people, especially businesses, they're thinking about the next like year, the next two years, right? Because then now they finally are slowed down. They have time to think. Dude, this is a perfect opportunity to approach that business, to start that business. So whatever it is in business, those people that you need to talk to to become successful are a lot more free it's than they glitch. used to be. It's honestly a glitch. Honestly, like, and, and so from, it, it's so easy to look at it with a bad connotation, which obviously it is. It's a fucking virus. No one likes it. Dude, but there are positives from it as well. There's more, po- I think there's more positives than negatives. I'm serious. <laughs> it, if, if, if you want to get a business on the phone before you had to go through their assistant, their, uh, their cafeteria assistant had to sign off on it. Then you had to weave through their pet dog. I don't know. But now like everybody is at home. Yeah. Everybody's at home. Everybody's accessible. Everybody's checking their social media. I honestly think it's like a bizarre glitch in the timeline of U.S. history. I'm serious. Dude, it's a reset. It's a hard reset. It's a, it's a reset. hard reset. Yes. Well, what, okay. Well, what do you mean by that? I feel like you've thought about this. I haven't thought about the word reset before. I don't know. I just feel like everyone's just been in like on go, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone's on go mode. Whatever it is. I mean, I don't want to get too controversial here, but just with everything that's been going on, right? We had like the Me Too movement. We have, you know, the all the, like, the political stuff. We have, you know, just kind of like businesses in like California. Just like, I feel like it's everything just been like so with social media, everything's just kind of like been like blowing up. And now it's like, okay, I feel like you guys have been moving way too fast relax, stop, like take a deep breath and like, let's figure out how to do this like more effectively. You yes. know what I mean? And I feel like that's kind of like where we are right now. Well, and you, so it's interesting cause you, you graduated, you officially graduated from college the winter of 2019, right? So winter you're f- of, yeah, about like a year ago. No. Yeah. 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 You're, yeah. You just, you were done with classes yeah. post-college 2019. So then right when you got into like full-time business, COVID happened. Yeah. So how bizarre was that? Like how, how would, how would that change if that wouldn't have happened? Do you think ghost would be where it was right now? Um, no, definitely not. Because like I said, the, the accessibility to other businesses, right? So right now we're in 12 consulting. I met him, I met Josh, the owner during like the COVID time. Right. Like, yeah. so there's been, and I, I don't know if I would have met him without, you know, having COVID right. Which is shitty, but I mean, that was one good thing that happened. 
But I also, this is a hard question for me because you have to realize, so the first two years I started GhostFit, I was in college. So it wasn't like a, it was still a priority in my life, but I was a full-time student. I was an athlete and then I had GhostFit. So my first real year out of college, which was last year, it was basically all COVID. So hustling every day, waking up, you know, and going to bed only, you know, doing uh, ghost fit was during COVID. So it's not like I really knew anything different. Obviously, you know, before it, there wasn't COVID, but I wasn't focusing on the business like I am now. Um, so it, it's it's different for me, I would say, because this is really like my first year, I feel like running my business to the capacity that I am. But it definitely, you know, it, it makes you change the way you think about business, because instead of just going off of like looking at another business and be like, oh, that looks cool. Like, I want to copy that. It makes you like dig deep and be like, what does my business mean? And why are people attached to it? And like now, how do we scale it from there? You know what I mean? Because yeah. this was the year of like, try whatever the hell you can think of. And if, you know, you throw mud at the wall, if it sticks, like run with it. You know what I mean? So like, that's Sell mud. Dude, that's, <laughs> Sell mud balls. So, <laughs> dude, that's what we did. Yeah. No, we didn't sell mud balls, but you know that's what <laughs> we, we did. Could. Maybe yeah. sell ghost mud. Can't see the mud. I don't know. <laughs>